Welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I'm your host, Ross Chevalier. This episode is brought to you by a question from, yeah, you, you guys, the folks who listen in. You can also help us grow our audience by telling your friends and peers about this podcast, maybe by making a post about it on your social media channels, or by heading over to iTunes and writing us a positive review. I really appreciate that you invest the time to listen and thank you for your support. Welcome to episode number 95. In this episode, we're going to talk about using custom exposure modes. Hey gang, I'm really sorry for being a bit inconsistent in terms of getting episodes out on a regular schedule, but we've had some external pressures brought to bear and I'm not going to put an episode out just for the sake of putting out an episode. Like most of us, I've been shooting digital for a long time now. But I have to confess that up until recently, I've never used the custom modes in any of my cameras. I understand that not all cameras have this option, but if yours does, your manual will tell you, and you'll see how they're going to appear in your mode selector, either as physical switches or as digital switches, depending on how your camera body works. They could be labeled C1 through C3, U1 to U3. Those are Canon and Nikon examples. For yourself, you're going to have to check your own documentation for your particular body to see if this option holds. And there's an interesting thing that custom modes bring about, and that's the ability to switch between a variety of settings very, very quickly. In the past, my practice has been to choose a shooting mode appropriate to the subject matter. I tend to default to aperture priority, and I also strive for the lowest ISO possible And then I'd simply watch that my shutter speed is not being picked so low that I'm going to shake the image into soup. When I'm shooting sports or fast action, I tend to go to shutter preferred mode and I follow the same route, fighting against raising the ISO or worrying from shot to shot if I would have enough or too much depth of field. I've written about and talked about the usefulness of auto ISO. And it's important that you understand the limitations of your sensor or the range of your sensor when you're thinking about auto ISO. I've also suggested that shooting in manual does not inherently make for better images unless you're doing so with intent and with the knowledge of how that choice is going to impact you. I haven't changed my position on either of these concepts, but I have been experimenting with custom modes and I want to share why this option may work for you in specific shooting situations. I was out shooting recently with my friend Gordon. I've been in a bit of a shooting rut recently. So when he suggested a road trip to a place to photograph wild birds, I agreed to come along. He suggested that I bring long glass. So I decided to pull out the 7D Mark II, not my favorite body, my big Canon 500 F4L lens, and threw a pair of teleconverters in the bag. I didn't know what I was going to be facing, so... Better to be a bit overgeared, I thought. I brought along my really right stuff tripod and the gimbal head, and I threw an 8 to 15 fisheye in the bag for playing around with some landscape stuff. When we got there, I found that a lot of the birds, most of them, had to be shot freehand. They're just not being the time to set up the tripod in many situations. It wasn't the type of situation where I was going to sit in a blind for hours on end. It's really not where my skill set is. I don't have the patience for that. 
and I wasn't really feeling up to par and I wasn't certain that I was going to be nice and stable as I might be normally. So I wanted a nice high shutter speed of one twelve hundred fiftieth of a second at the minimum to help me out even with the image stabilization turned on. That Canon 500 f4 is a beautiful lens, but it's heavy and it's awkward. And when mounted on the 7D Mark II, it has the same angle of view of an 800 millimeter lens. So any micro movements on my part are going to be really, really evident. I know the characteristics of the 7D Mark II sensor, so I set the gating points for auto ISO, and I presumed it was going to be able to help me handle any light level drift. And I had hoped that the shutter priority mode would then hold the lens wide open before starting to move the ISO up. It turns out it didn't work that way. What I discovered was the lens was closing down the aperture a little bit before it was raising the ISO. I was a little bit more concerned about holding that depth of field super shallow because frankly, these birds are small and I didn't want a lot of clutter in the background. Gordon mentioned that he was using what he called user modes on his Nikon. So while we were driving from shooting location to shooting location, I figured out how to set that on the 7D Mark II. I'm going to give Ken a little bit of a prop because I didn't have the documentation with me. Well, actually I did. It was on my phone, but I was too lazy to look. And the menu system made it really easy to set it up. So I put the camera into manual mode. A mode I've mentioned I typically only use in the studio where nothing is changing. I set my shutter speed to my desired goal. I set the aperture to the wide open setting and put the ISO on auto. I made a different custom setting since we were driving. So when I was shooting this fisheye that's got massive depth of field from f5.6 on, a simple switch from one mode to another mode would change the way the camera operated and in the case of the fisheye, hold the ISO nice and low. And I've got the 500 mil on a sling, and that makes it pretty quick to twist the body off when I wanted to put the fisheye on, and so I probably changed lenses more than I might in other conditions. What I found very useful on the 72 is that the custom modes are on the mode dial, and literally it was a single click to switch back and forth between the settings optimized for each of the different lenses that I was using. and. As you can imagine, they're very, very different lenses in terms of handling and what they see. I confess I only switched to the custom mode test by the end of the shooting day or towards the end of the shooting day. And as we we're driving home, I really thanked Gordon a lot for the suggestion. And I started to think about how I might use this capability for an air show that was coming up. Well, the air show is passed. I've taken two bodies, one with a lens purely for statics on the ground and one with a very long lens, in this case, the 100-400 Canon, as well as Canon's 1.4 times teleconverter for the ground air work. I wanted to zoom because I've been to air shows before. A prime may have limited me too much. Having been there, I know it would have. Because air shows are filthy places, that's why I took two bodies. I didn't want to be changing lenses as I'm trying to move back and forth between shooting situations and I want to keep any gunk off my sensor. I wanted to create a setting for when I was shooting the fast moving jets, but I also wanted a different setting when I was shooting the propeller driven aircraft. My goal for the propellers was that I had full blur in the props and I would use a very slow shutter speed and work on my panning. So I had a nice sharp 
shot of the plane with proper prop blur. I got this concept from the teachings of Moose Peterson. He does an amazing series of lectures on aviation photography and, in fact, has a great book on the subject. I got to chat with him very briefly at Photoshop World and attend one of his classes, and he emphasized the importance of getting this right level of prop blur. I wanted to be able to focus on my panning technique and to get better use out of the continuous autofocus on my camera. I don't know why Canon calls it AI servo. No one seems to know. But really, when you're talking about subjects that are moving in distance from the sensor plane, you've really got to have continuous AF working. I knew I wouldn't have time to futz around with a bunch of settings while I was panning and trying to work the background. So I felt that the constraints that were availed to me by creating custom modes would be more conducive to success. It worked for the birds, and I can now say it worked for the aircraft. Coming up this weekend is the opening on rodeo season where I live, and I'm going to attend like I do every year. And I'm thinking today about the custom modes that might make a lot of sense so I can get the shots that I need. In the case of rodeo, there are particular gestures from the horse and rider that I need to capture to get the great images, to make the large prints, and hopefully also create some client joy. I've shot this for a number of years. I know the sport very well. Now I want to lock in some of these settings so I can focus on my shooting. I have to confess that I don't see custom modes working for every single scenario. In fact, I think that they're most useful if you have a very constraining use case. If you've never tried them out, perhaps this is a good time to give them a try, perhaps in preparation for a specific event or shooting situation, or as part of an experimental exercise that you choose to put yourself through. Do you have an idea for an article or a tutorial? Do you have a photo or video question that's not necessarily related to this post? Send me an email directly at ross at thephotovideoguy.ca or post in the comments. If you're in Canada, please consider shopping with Henry's in your local store or at www.henrys.com. If you live in the United States or elsewhere in the world and you shop with B&H Photo Video, please consider doing so through the link on the photovideoguy.ca website as this helps support my efforts and has no negative impact whatsoever on your shopping experience. If you do find this podcast, the articles, or the tutorials of value, would you consider clicking the donation tab in the sidebar of the Photo Video Guy website and buy me a coffee? Your donation doesn't actually go to coffee, but does go to help me keep things running here every day. Don't forget, email your questions on any photo or video topic and I will try to respond within a day. I'm Ross Chevalier. Thanks for reading, watching, and listening. And until next time, peace.